Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. morning hope you're having a good one so far uh thank you bobby curran it's the sports animals now on espn honolulu uh i'd like to echo start the show by echoing uh, bobby's comments on the uh pigskin pig out yesterday uh good fun i don't stay for long uh because uh i you know i just don't like the feeling of waking up in the morning going oh you stay for the food what what time can i take a nap today so i stayed i stayed till like seven o'clock i and i said okay i'm powell went home but uh, good to see all uh, all the, a bunch of familiar faces and uh, uh, nice people having a good time. Sold out, pigskin pig out. Thank you for supporting the Brotherhood. And Bobby Curran was there making his appearance, and uh, he he was uh, back at doing the uh, the auction, uh, which I didn't stay for, but it was uh, it was uh, nice to see old Bob in person. So that was cool. Um, yeah, I was telling people they said, "Are you doing the auction this year?" I said, "No, no." I only get asked to do things once. <laughs> Except for the show. Like the, like the green and white celebration. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. you can do it once. <laughs> I remember, I, I, I love this job. I was doing as an analyst on K5 back in the day for high school wrestling in the state tournament. Did it once. <laughs> Never asked back. <laughs> I saw Facebook. We did, we did, you and I did play-by-play for uh, high school basketball. Yeah, that didn't work out. Remember when I was the softball broadcaster for UH? Once. I got another, <laughs> and I just saw this on my Facebook memories three or four days ago for the uh, NCAA Summer League, the basketball league that used to be really great here. Hopefully it'll come back. There was a playoff day where there were, I think, four or five games, and I did all of them for Olelo, and you came right. in and did play-by-play for one of those games, and there was some nice compliments on the Facebook memories on how you yeah. and I did, but it was about you doing play-by-play. One, one. <laughs> never returned to come. You back were good, again. though. You were good. I give you credit. Oh boy. Anyway, good fun. Uh, good fun. Thank you, everybody who uh, came down. Okay, let's see. Here's some top stories we're following. The Rainbow Wahine soccer team is in action tonight. Their first real game of the season already. Yeah, it's great. They did have that exhibition match on Sunday against Houston Christian, scoreless tie, but it counts tonight against Utah Valley at 7. Our coverage starting at 6.45 p.m. on ESPN Honolulu. Sunday, uh, 4 p.m. start against Gonzaga, and they will play them in this tournament as well. We'll have associate head coach Kalua Rowe coming on with us a little bit later to talk about this. Practice the pronunciation before you bring her on. Yes, yes. But they call her Ula, Ula. Uh, yeah, she's a great person. Uh, we had her down at uh, Growlers. You were there when she was there, right? Yes, yes, at Growlers? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. All right, but anyway, uh, so that is cool. Um, also, uh, fans are welcome to the green and white squim- squ- the squimmage for Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. When is that? Saturday at 1 p.m., oh. 1 p.m. 
and you have to enter during, uh, through the security entrance, like where the teams enter. Uh, you see it kind of at the lower level below, uh, down at the bottom of the stairs. So not, you know, through the normal turnstile entrance at gate A. You go downstairs to the security entrance. No concessions will be open. You mean that door where they have a bunch of storage and stuff like that by the bathrooms? By, yeah, by, yeah, is it, yeah. Is Rich yeah. Sheriff's office over yes, there? Yes, oh, Okay, so the bottom floor from behind where the they have their little baby parking lot for special people is. Yes, yes. Right? Yes. For, like, you know, workers and, and things yeah. like that, that by the small parking lot. Okay, okay, yeah. oh, okay. So it's, uh, uh, let's see, 1 p.m. Saturday. Of course, there's no admission charge. Uh, you will get a preview of the 2023 squad. Shout out to our friend Amber Igidi. Uh Let's see, uh, Big West setter of the year, Kate Lang. Big West player of the year, Amber. Big West freshman of the year, Kaylin Alexander. You're my favorite. Uh, all Big West first-teamers, Riley Wagoner, and uh, let's see, redshirt freshman Jackie Matias uh, will be there. They mentioned her, uh, a couple of uh, uh, transfer portal ladies, too. Anyway, so good fun. Uh, take the whole family. 1 p.m., admission is free, Stan Sheriff Center on Saturday. Remember, their regular season starts against Northwestern a week from tomorrow. We are probably going to get one or two players on Monday and Tuesday show. We're trying to get it for tomorrow, but they've got uh, practice going on during the show. But with school starting, we'll hopefully get them on next week, some of the players that you mentioned. All right. What else is going on? Hey, we, you know what? We've got high school football today. I'm checking out scoringlive.com. And uh, look at that. We've got uh, today, uh, well, tonight, Wailua is hosting Kalaheo. I see you, Darnell Arsenault. Let's see, what else is going on? they got a couple of games today. Uh, Y&I is playing Lincoln. Now, that is just, why would Y&I do that? What do you mean? Why would they play Lincoln? That's an intermediate school next to Roosevelt. I mean, you know they're going to win. I mean, come on. I know you, you know, I mean, look, I know you guys got, you know, you guys got beat last pretty badly by Kahuku, but don't, you know, is this now if Lincoln, if Lincoln, um, if if Lincoln wins the game, it counts. But I'm telling you, why and I, if you win, that doesn't count on Lincoln's record. Is this kind of like the SEC playing FCS schools in November? Kind of the same kind of thing. Yeah, not really digging it. Come on, I mean, I what's the biggest guy on Lincoln? The biggest guy on Lincoln is 5'6", 120 pounds. And, oh, I heard they I? recruit well, though. Uh, hey, why and I play up. Come on, you guys. Play up. <laughs> uh, Kau and Paoa are also playing today, but uh, there you go. So got, got a few games starting already yeah. today, Thursday, and uh, another big weekend of high school football. Uh, I don't know much about this Milliken team that Punahou is playing yeah. on uh, tomorrow, but it's going to be on campus at Punahou at 3 o'clock. Uh, I just know that the Milliken team, they started off very slow last year but finished strong. That's all I can tell you. Five and seven, I believe, was their record last year. Right. But uh, anyway, okay, there you go, high school football. What else is going on, Gare? Well, I just just one more note on high school football. Of course, Saturday mm-hmm. night, St. Louis and Kahuku. And I know the game doesn't count for both schools. One of the great things about combining the, the leagues for the open division, the three-division format, is that at least they play. It should count. I don't want to get on that so uh, so much already. We've done it. But I think it's going to be a great game. We'll see if St. Louis uh, is back. Last week they looked really, really good. Of course, Kahuku seemingly always looks really, really good with their dominating win. But that's a great matchup. Can't wait for that on Saturday. Yeah, you know what? That's a test. That's a real barometer is – 
okay, how good how good is St. Louis? Coming off of a year that some might say is disappointing for St. Louis football last year, how good is St. Louis? I mean, it's going to be tough for, you know, right now I'm going to come out and say it's going to be tough for, it's pretty obvious, tough for anybody to beat Kohuku, I, I think. Um, but, again, the season just started and I haven't seen a lot. There's a lot I haven't seen yet, so right. we'll, we'll see. We did hear also that uh, Iolani Farrington, scheduled for tomorrow, has been canceled. Uh, Iolani not having enough players. We were going to have that broadcast, but uh, Iolani got a little banged up last week, and they don't have enough players, so that game will not be played tomorrow afternoon. There's that many injuries? That's what the report is, yes. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Iolani's not a huge school anyway. Oh, that's really unfortunate. I think because... You don't play that many games in high school football, and to miss one is that's kind of major. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're going to make that up or not. I haven't heard anything, but uh, yeah, we're going to have Mark Venneri on talking high school football. Uh, we'll be able to find out more about an update on that. But yeah, that was unfortunate. Is Mark on today? Tomorrow, tomorrow, Mark. Oh. He'll be on with us. All right, all right, folks. You can uh, text in eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Let's visit some uh, NFL training camp. Oh, before we go to training camps. Is there anything new on the Michael Orr Tui thing? There's more? Yes, and you know. But wait, there's more. I don't want to come at you, but on Monday's show, you were so into believing everything from Michael Orr and his camp about how yeah. he was treated. Okay, so it took place yesterday. I mean, that would be weird if he's the big liar, like the dad says. Well, yeah, and it, I just, he is lying about at least something because he had an autobiography in 2011, I believe it came out. And in that autobiography, Michael Orr, by his own words, described how he was not adopted and he was part of a conservative worship. hope I'm saying it right. And he knew about it. And one of the main reasons was because he was already over 18 or 18 yeah, and older. Yeah, they couldn't adopt him. He's exactly. already an adult. He I saw it, that yesterday. He, he wrote it three times right. in that book. Right, but he knew it. But just because he knew it back then, it's not like he's coming out now and saying, I just found out. Well, he's not saying he just found out. He said he was lied to about it. But he acknowledged how they went to the courtroom with his birth mother. They went out and had lunch after. Then he went back to our house, my house, with my new family, even though I wasn't adopted. He, he knew it all back then. So why right. is he coming out with a book now and suing them for taking the money? Now, the lawsuit is just part of it, obviously. But he's saying he was never told he was not adopted. Well, he was told. He never was told he was adopted. When, was, when did he say, I was never told? I didn't see any of that. That he said I wasn't told that I was told that I was adopted. Okay, you know what? I, I'm kind of putting that together, but oh, repo- okay. But you're, wait, you're trying to put it together during the show while we're no. on the air? No, no, because I'll tell you why in just a second. <laughs> okay, Gary's taking a sip of iced tea. Now he's mouth dead. Is very dry. I was, I was, I was covering for you. Thank you. I, because I, get, I, I mean, I know this sounds crazy in a way, but I'm a little riled up about this, and I'm not. <laughs> I love this story because I think he's. I, I think, and I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not going to say that, but I think he's trying to pull a scam over this family, with wow. some, and, and have the book come out and sell a book. Supposedly, he was trying to blackmail slash extort them for money, or he would go public with this. But he, he never was. It was, it was listed the other day, even though it might not have been an exact quote, that he thought he was adopted and he was not he was not aware they didn't say what Back he found then. out but they didn't say See, what he found, but they right. in the book He's, he never mentioned being adopted it was all right about, but that, that was a book that's 12 years ago so yeah. maybe he found out before he wrote his first book you, you know what i mean maybe we're blowing the that's not the main 
issue here is the conservatorship. Credibility, I, credibility, I think, is, is, oh, is you know one what? of the issues. And if he said that in his book, and whoever wrote about that, you know, they actually did more work than the knee-jerk, uh, the knee-jerk uh, journalists that came out with it. Because that was, if you remember on Monday or whatever it was, that was the main thing is he was lied to about being adopted, right? That was yes. the main thing, right? Yes. That was the headline. And then it's like if anybody did any work and checked his first book, they would have noticed that, well, he was lied to, but he, he that should have been a headline in 2011, not in 2023, right? right? The, it, exactly. That, it, that was big news back then, but nobody really cared. I guess not. But I think also it's, it's, it's that he never was told he was adopted. He said they had to, again, what we just mentioned a minute ago, because he was 18 and or older, had to go through the other process of conservatorship. Uh, conservatorship. Conservatorship as opposed to adoption. So I'm trying to, to say it myself. Conservatorship. But he, was, he never uh-huh. gave any inkling that he thought he was adopted. Three times in the book he wrote those phrases about that. So he, it doesn't seem like he was ever under the impression that, again, you were adopted. So why now? You're, you're suing them, maybe trying to extort or blackmail. You're trying to See, sell a book. I don't know that that's him. I think it's the media. The media saw that, and they weren't paying attention back in 2011. True. Now they read it and went, oh, this is horrible, because he hasn't commented much on this right now at all. No, no, he hasn't. He's on his book tour right now. He's trying to sell books. Yeah. So he's not really uh, commenting on that. Maybe because it's a court case, you can't. Maybe that, but I, I think also maybe he doesn't want to say too much and maybe sell the book with all these headlines. A lot more interest in the book, that's for sure, whether you agree or disagree. And I, I, I am kind of choosing sides. I don't know what the truth is, but I think – Again, it seems a little bit like he is exaggerating the, the uh, point or his allegation that maybe he is not worth I just, uh, do this money. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. I don't know. I can't. Uh, I can't find myself caring that much just because this is just a. This is just National Enquirer stuff. It would be a little shocking if it was a, a former NFL player, and I'm sure he's been to a Pro Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. Oh, he was on that the Ra- team. Okay, the Ravens. Yep. Yeah, so he won this. He's uh, you know a Super Bowl winning player, and uh, you know that he would come out and it's like he's trying to shake down these people who raised him. Now, you know what I found also? He did say something actually. I saw this on like Inside Edition or Entertainment Tonight, if that shows one of those shows, right? He said that um, he said in the movie. It portrays him, but you saw this already, where he was, like, just a real dummy. Yes. And he said, that's not true. And he also said, like, he was undiscovered, and they had to teach him football. Remember in the movie? Yes. Right? He said, when they they took me off the streets, I was already an All-American football player. I thought, wow, they took a lot of – because – how boring would the movie be if, like, like, the guy is already good. Yeah. And then, okay, you take him in, and he's really good. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, we all thought that he was a guy that never played football before and had to learn how to put on his helmet correctly. I wonder if the book had that version of the real story or not. Or I wonder if he was an all-American football player before and he's, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, it's easy, you, easily you could find that out. Yeah, and then wouldn't that also maybe back the point to a certain extent that maybe the family was trying to get him and guide him and steer him to Old Miss, knowing how good he was? Again, that's just a theory out there, a conspiracy theory. I don't necessarily believe that. That's, I don't that's, know the truth. Again, I mean, again, I mean, how much of that movie was actually true now, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing. I don't. I can't imagine someone going. I'm such a booster. 
there's this really good offensive lineman that lives in the hood. Let me take him into our house. He was already an All-American. Why did he need them? If the school wanted him, why didn't they, if he was an All-American already, why do they need the Tuies? Well, because they were they were from Ole Miss and they had money, power. Thought maybe they were getting boosters and they could kind of guide him. Look at look at some high school know, players I know, now. But it's like you would you wanted your school that much that you would take a, a stranger off the street to live with you. That's weird. Yeah. It is. Oh, it is unusual, definitely. But look maybe at a the, quarterback, but not yeah. a tackle. Well, look <laughs> at some kidding. of the players leaving Oahu, St. Louis guys, whatever. Punahou going to Bishop Gorman right now. I mean, isn't that kind of similar? You're living with another family, I'm assuming. I'm not, maybe they have family or relatives up there. But then you're going to another school just to maybe improve your college chances. Now, it's a little bit different than him, but, I mean, players go wherever, you know, um, to the transfer portal, obviously, but some of the guys are jumping from where they're jumping to just to help increase their future chances of playing pro and getting paid to play. There's nothing really wrong with that. For Michael Orr to go to, the, again, that high school and – Again, I, I don't know how, how much of the movie was 100% true. I know the basics were. But this book coming out, the timing of it, everything involved makes me feel like he's trying to shake this family down. Now, they ended, according to reports last night, also the conservatorship. They are not going to be there. You know, they, they ended the They contract. said, hey, you know what? Oh, they did end it. Because they were yes. saying before, hey, you want to end it? We can end it. No, it's no big deal. It's not this. Anyway. Anyway, uh, that was fun. I don't know that we need to. We'll see what happens. Anyway. Uh, okay, we got a traffic check coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, just keeping an eye out on uh, Tropical Storm Greg again this morning at 5 o'clock. It really didn't move much. Yesterday it was like 605 miles south-southeast of Hilo. Today, 540 miles southeast. Anyway, it's moving slowly. It's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to pass far south of the Big Island. Now, Hurricane Fernanda is now Tropical Storm Fernanda, about 1,500 miles east of Hilo, that's expected to weaken as it crosses over into some cold water, but it is going to bring a lot of rain to the Big Island. Uh, Sunday or Monday, Monday for sure, you guys on the Big Island probably going to get real wet. So we're just uh, keeping an eye on all of this stuff because there's another hurricane that's forming, uh, a storm that's forming way into the warm waters down by Mexico. It's hurricane season, man. I thought it was going to so, be a busy one. Yeah, and with the, you know what we're going through on Maui, what the folks on Maui are going through, uh, you know, better better safe than sorry to just stay on top of all of this stuff. Now, weather today, according to the National Weather Service here on Oahu, uh, mostly sunny again, high in the upper 80s, trades down to 10 to 15 miles per hour. It's uh, 20 minutes after, and we'll be right back with, uh, I had something really good. <laughs> I'll tell you about that coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Maybe we won't. <laughs> In 10 minutes, Kaula Rowe, UH Wahine associate head coach, is going to join us. They're in action tonight. Wait, when's the game? What's going on? What happened? It is tonight, it is tonight against Utah Valley down at what Wyoming. time? 7 p.m. Our coverage will start at 6:45 p.m. All right. Are you at Ruby Tuesday tonight? Yes. Yes. Oh, so you can't. It's right down in your neighborhood. You I know. And it's right game. down the street. No television, just radio tonight. So definitely tune in. Yeah, soccer on the radio. Let's go, Wahine. Seven o'clock, ESPN Honolulu. Uh, thank you guys for texting in at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. 
My Bulldogs beat up on Iolani last week. Oh, really? Kamaki beat Iolani last no, week? No, no. I, I, oh. I'm not sure if they won. I think he's talking about beat up. That's why they're beat up and can't fill the team. Oh, I, because, yeah. oh, it's like, you know what? That's what they used to say about Hawaii football way back in the day. Like when, when Dick Tomey and, and Bob Wagner, right. those guys, more of a, like Dick Tomey's teams, I think. Wait, who did Al Noga play for? He played Dick for Tomey, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, Tomey's teams, like, they might get beat. Notre Dame will go play at Aloha Stadium, right? But they come out of there, they're, they're, everybody's limping. Everybody's nursing injuries back on the plane. Oh, you might have won the game, but Hawaii used to just beat up on those guys, man. That's not an exaggeration. We've heard numerous teams yeah. and media from around the country talk to, tell the story. By the way, Iolani won that game 59-26, uh, to 26, so they might have gotten beat up physically, <laughs> but on the scoreboard, uh, not exactly that. Uh, but, hey, you know what? you got to respect the passion. Let's go, sure. Blue Dogs. Yeah. Home of Frank B. Shaner. Frank B. Shaner played football for Kamaki back in the day. What position do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Where is Frank? Is he on? Is is he on Maui or Kauai? I'm not. I sure. am not sure. Hmm. Uh, okay, here's a. Uh, we're talking about the pigskin pig out. Uh, this texter says, "Hats off to Don Murphy." But you should you should say hats off to Don Murphy. It's like we uh, we almost take Don Murphy for granted a little bit, isn't it? Don and Marion Murphy and all the good things they do for the University of Hawaii, and now we find out. Some of the proceeds last night going to Maui as well. Yeah, God the, bless the Murphys. God oh, definitely. Bless. And the text so, says twenty fourth. I thought it was even more than that. I know they didn't have it during COVID, of course, but I thought there were even more. I thought it started in the mid or late nineties, but I might be wrong. Yeah, it says who was Bobby's sidekick as auctioneer last night. I didn't stay that long. If it was the same guy that did it with me last year, I don't remember his name. A nice enough fella. Yeah, I, I don't I remember his name or or anything like that, but. Um, Yep, that and that you know what doing that auction because I I always leave before the auction except last year where I <laughs> you really you know, bad if you did, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it takes like about because you have it's hard because you don't have a stage or anything. I mean, if they did Not it really this year like it was last year, you're basically standing on a on a on a seat on the in the booth, and you know the people are all at, some people are below you, some people on the left or above you. There's people out by the bathroom, people way in the back. So they have to have people holding up little paddles when a bid comes in. You know, like That's almost every what? auction, though. Oh, it is? Yes. No. <laughs> That's my only auction I've been to. I mean, why would I go to an auction? Well, I haven't been to one either, but I see them on TV shows and all the, you know. Oh, really? Stuff. They always the, hold up the paddle. That's how they no, know. no, 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 I know that. But having volunteers saying, hey, back here we got one. You know what I mean? Well, so somebody will hold one up, and you can see them easily in front of you. Chris, but you have people reminding you in the corners. Hey, we got one over here. If you didn't see, you know what I mean. Let they me have spotters. Let me remind you. Let me remind yes. you, and you might need a spotter because we've been to the volleyball fundraisers over the years, and they have the auction, and they have spotters. Remember? Remember the when men's volleyball? Yeah, remember when we go and Charlie I never Wade stayed and that long. Yes, you did I just, because somebody bid on I us. Leave. Somebody bid on us to have the show oh, a couple of years ago. That was ago. Jerry. That was yeah, Jerry. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and and anyway, so they had an auction then, and they had people hold up the paddle or the sign, whatever it was, the number, the numbered card. So now there's been two auctions you've been to. All right, but that was like a baby one. The one at Pigskin Pigout. <laughs> no, because it wasn't as many items. The one at the Pigskin Pigout. I mean, that thing that thing can go on. For, 
if you want to, that thing can go on for a couple hours. It, they're oh, constantly right. telling you, they're constantly telling you, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. And it's like, please, I wanted to make a funny in between the, <laughs> in, no time for funnies. Uh, okay, here's a long text about uh, Michael Orr. We'll get back to that after we uh, pre-read it. Thank you for sending the link, though. Okay, uh, thank you. This text just in, 808-296-1420. Are we going to have Roosevelt Bulldog? Game is Friday because last week had a fight. I don't under, I don't, I've got to pre-read these sometimes. I don't understand what that means. Can you re-text that, whoever texted that in against Roosevelt and uh, Kamuki? Yeah, Roosevelt played McKinley last week. I did. I do understand by some social media people, and Kalani Takase was one. We didn't have time to ask him about it, but there were a few games apparently where fans were getting a little rowdy. Mainly, again, according to the reports, parents of oh, players. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, Gosh. and that Kalani was what. That was about Ma- that. That was what. What's what game? I think for Kalani, I'm trying to. I think it was Punahou Miliani, and I think somebody else reported the Lelehua game as well had some uh, interaction going on there in the stands. Yeah, but the Mililani parents aren't bad, are they? I've never seen. I, I, again, I don't know the you know the whole report of the I've story. I've always known the, the Mililani the... fans to be great. Yeah, maybe maybe it was the Punahou fans. And again, I, you know, I I know there were just two people reporting that it was looking pretty ugly. You know, I don't want to say too ugly, but they were painting. You know a what? Let's that confirm was... we're talking about the right schools. Well, but it happened at two of the games last week. That's one of the things from people that were there in the media. Stupid parents. Let the let the. Let the players play, the coaches coach, and the refs ref. Yes. Please, just sit in the stands and support people positively. How hard is that? Look, your kid is probably not getting a scholarship, okay? Get that to your heads now. Most of those kids are not going to get scholarships to play college football. Enjoy the games. Make it a positive memory. Stop it, would you? And with uh, what's going on on Maui, I mean, you got the high school football and other sports postponed at least now. Be happy we have football here. Be happy for what we have. Yeah. And you know what? Let the kids play. We got to get Lahaina yeah. Luna. There's got to figure out a way that these guys can play football. It's important. Sorry, I know there's other important things going on, but it's important for those kids to play. Uh, let's let's do this. Let's get another traffic update here. Uh, weatherwise, again, mostly sunny today. High in the upper 80s. Trades are dying down. Probably 10 to 15, 17 miles per hour tops. We'll be right back after our traffic with a very special guest talking Rainbow Wahine Saka on ESPN Honolulu. Back with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. We got soccer. We got UH action happening tonight, 7 o'clock. Gary, please welcome in our esteemed guest. Well, a repeat guest. She was with us at Growlers on Kapahulu a couple of months ago, and it was great to have her then, great to have her tonight as the UH sports season officially opens, and we are talking with Coach Ularo here on ESPN Honolulu. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. What is it like for the beginning of the season? I know your team had the preseason, the exhibition game against Houston Christian on Sunday, but tonight it counts. Where is the excitement level for you and the team? Um, yeah, I think we're, you know, super excited. Like, like you guys mentioned, it's officially season, um, you know, and now we get to start playing other teams besides ourselves at training. So, you know, I think the atmosphere in our team is great. We've got good energy and we're looking forward to tonight's game. 
What do you take from Sunday's scoreless tie against Houston Christian? I would imagine goalkeeping defense was great. You outshot them 9-3 to as well. Um, yeah, you know, we, we went with the approach to, to play everybody we have in our roster so we could get a look um, of everybody against a different opponent. Uh, even though it was scoreless, I think, you know, we created some great opportunities. And, you know, this weekend having um, Houston Christian and Gonzaga Town, it gives us a chance now to, to really hone on um, our attacking side in the final third. And, and we've got to be able to put some away in order to come away with some results this weekend. I guess one of the things when you look at the season and returning starters, that's got to be a little bit something that, as far as happening every year, not probably happening that often, but it's got to be great to have that kind of experience coming back. Oh, yes. Um, you know, for us, that's really exciting that we return 10 starters. And, and then to add to our roster, I feel like we've got, you know, really good depth this year. So, um, yeah, we're just we're just excited. Our, our returning players are excited. So, you know, we're ready to get out there tonight in front of our fans and, and put on a show. Coach Ula Rowe joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. We'll have our coverage starting at 6.45 p.m. tonight on ESPN Honolulu. And, you know, one of the things when you talk about that, we talked about the 10 starters, Coach, who's the new, who's some of the new players that we should keep our eyes on that could be impact players and maybe we'll see a lot of tonight? Um, yeah, we have um, one of our freshmen, uh, Izzy Ayala, actually, um, you know, that plays our defensive center mid position. I think she'll be exciting. Uh, she can cover a lot of ground in the center mid for us. She's got a good engine. And, and to be honest, I think, all of our new players that get inserted to the game, I think you're going to appreciate something about them. You know, we have Tatum Porter, Riley. Um, you know, we have our transfer Shema um, from UMass Lowell. But they're all going to provide something um, for us tonight in this game. Let's talk a little bit about goalkeeping. I remember last year when I saw the news about Sophie Augustin, who had that um, terrible injury. It sounds really awful obviously any injury but a broken eye bone she only played four matches last year but she's back and i guess she'll be starting tonight yes yes she will um yeah we're excited you know i mean she she got us all excited last year and then that unfortunate incident happened in cal poly and you know to finally have her healthy uh you know coming into this game is is um is important for us we mentioned Utah Valley tonight. Gonzaga coming up next week. Sacramento State the week uh, coming. Uh, excuse me, Gonzaga Sunday and next week Sacramento State and Air Force on the schedule. But it's not too long before Big West play starts. Six matches before that. Talk about some of the other opponents before conference play starts after this weekend. Oh yeah, you know. So I, I feel like we've are always have a a very tough non conference schedule. You know. Um, We've got Gonzaga and uh, Gonzaga and UVU this weekend, which I think are two very good opponents that are that are going to have to like we're going to have to have really special performances this weekend. Um, so you know we're looking forward to that. Sacramento State always hard because there's um, you know familiarity there. We got some local kids on that team, uh, and then we take our our only non-conference road trip into Air Force, which you know Colorado provides that elevation, and then we go into UNLV and play a game at noon. Um, you know, so like we're going from elevation to heat, but, uh, you know, all these different challenges, I think that present itself, I think we'll be able to get us ready for, for that CSUN match at home, um, for our opener. It seems like the team gets better and better, takes it to the next level every year. We're just so glad that regular season University of Hawaii sports are back, and it does start tonight, as we mentioned, in YPO. Coach, good luck tonight. Good luck this weekend. Hopefully we'll talk again soon. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Thank, thank you. you, Coach Ula Rowe, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And they do seem to be improving every year. Not everybody in the Big West makes the tournament, but they've been getting closer and closer. I believe last year they did, uh, didn't win, but uh, hopefully they can continue, especially with a lot of starters back, 10 starters back. Woo! That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, check out the broadcast. Uh, soccer on the radio, Josh Pacheco and Raisa Okimoto with the call here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, so that's going to be a first. I'm going to make sure I check that out. And, again, just it, it's always, I, I know I say this every year, but it's such a great feeling when you have the slow days of summer, the dog days of summer. When UH sports are back, it just feels so great for every sport, whether it's soccer tonight, volleyball next Friday, uh, football on the road in week zero. But when they're back, uh, just a good feeling inside, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, 808-296-1420, our number, uh, is uh, if you want to text in. You can call, but uh, text, text, you can fast kind text. Alan from Kaneohe, I see you. Thank you. Uh, he said that we were wondering where, uh, you know, Frank B. Shaner played football at Kamuki, and he said he played on the defensive line. And then, Alan, you sent me, like, um, um, the newspapers.com, like an old article, but it, since it had, like, 16 paywalls, it's like, <laughs> thank you for the effort. <laughs> okay, here's one. Hey, guys. Students practice so much MMA nowadays that they all like troll blows. Parents got into it. It was a Campbell, uh, Campbell Waipahu game, uh, is what the, you were t- thinking of, Gary. The one with like the where the principal had to go in the stands and tell the yes. parents to shape up. Uh, I guess there was a legal hit in the fourth quarter, but uh, yeah, so the parents got all upset. But you know what? No hoo hoo. Let the refs ref, the coaches coach, the players play. Cheer with enthusiasm. Uh, somebody says, did Coach Nagamine leave UH soccer? No, but she was just on uh, the radio yesterday, so we give uh, – Coach Ulu is uh, uh, someone we like to talk to as well. Yeah. But, yeah, so uh, she's the associate head coach. Associate head coach. Michelle Nagamine is the head coach for Rainbow Wahine soccer. Okay. Uh, can I give a quick update on Hawaii's major leaguers in MLB? Please do. Okay. Well, last night, this is so cool when I see what's going on with Isaiah kind of Falipa, is that he's moved all around the lineup. He was batting eighth and ninth. He batted seventh a couple of times. Uh, up until yesterday, he was batting leadoff. Yesterday, <laughs> he batted fifth in the lineup playing third base. Uh, I, I mean, he just been. There's not too many guys that can be that versatile that can play all, not only all over the line of the batting order, but all over the field in so many different positions. The only positions he hasn't played, I believe, is catcher and first base this year. He's played <laughs> He's everything done it in else. <laughs> He's played everything else. Now, last night it was a tough game. The Yankees get shut out by Atlanta. He was 0 for 4. Uh, his batting average is at 254. Kirby Yates, though. Uh, I, I mean, I don't think they have an award for the best setup guy, but he pitches the eighth inning again last night. Of course, no runs for Atlanta. His ERA is a 2.87. You might remember two weeks ago, it was 3-3, 3-2-4. It kept going down like a half a run Ooh, every Kirby? appearance for Kirby Yates. Now it's down oh, to 2.87. He got a win, I believe it was on Friday night for Atlanta. I think it was against the Mets, in fact, unfortunately. And he's 6-0. and 
Six and oh for a relief. He's not a closer. He's not a middle guy. He's a setup guy, basically, and he's six and oh. I think he's having a fantastic season on, to me, the best team in baseball, Atlanta. Uh, Rico Garcia did not play last night for Washington. Josh Rojas for Seattle, 0 for 2, but tonight, 4, he hit his first home run as a Seattle Mariner. And Chris Hart, you are a Seattle Mariner fan. I wish you were aware, and I know you're not. They're only one game out of the wild card right now. I thought they were in the wild card right now. Well, no, right now they're a game out after yesterday. How many teams? How many teams in the American League go to the playoffs? I six, mean, including wild cards. Six. six total. Three wild cards. Three division winners. Right. So they're only a game out though right now. Now the teams that would be in the wild card right now would be Houston, Tampa, Toronto. But, but they have the sixth best record in the American League. Um, I Seattle. Can't, no, they don't. Sure they do. Oh, okay, here's why they don't. The division winner automatically goes. That's why Minnesota would go. Oh. Yeah, you're right okay. about the sixth so best record. Okay, so they're just because Minnesota goes to the playoffs by default. Yep. yep. And so that, that leaves Seattle that leaves Seattle out right now. Well, the boys got to pick it up. But it's only a game. I mean, they're right in the thick well, of Well, how many games least. are left? There's still uh, like 40 games left, aren't there? Uh, yeah, give or take 40. Give or take one or two. Oh, Either way, it's 40 games left. Okay, let's come back in about a month, and then we'll talk about wild card and playoffs. Seriously, it's your 40 games out. Your three-fourths of the season has been completed. I know, but there's still so much that can happen. Oh, there is, but they're and, right and, in and the mix. Yeah, and this is, and this is all that, that's all that's on SportsCenter is, oh, the wild card race. It's like, who cares? Might as well be talking about the wild card race uh, back in June. I mean, there's so much season, there's so much season left. And so many teams get hot, and so many teams kind of putter out at the end. You know why they're talking, making it a big deal now? Because in about two weeks, when week, a week and a half when week zero starts for college yep. football, we're exactly. not going to be talking as much baseball. The NFL, college football, especially college football, is yeah. right around the corner. How about the? Uh, how about where are the Giants now, as far as wild card goes? They're a wild card team as of right now. They, the wild card teams in the National League, would be Philadelphia, Miami and the uh, San Francisco Giants. Now they're all actually it's a three way it's a tie also because Chicago, the Cubs and Cincinnati are also in there as a tie with Miami right. for that third right. spot. And I just said nobody cares I'm all where's the, where well, are the, the Giants where the Giants are the Giants would be in right now. Right. How about the Dodgers? Man, those guys are just kicking. Ocole. Was it 10 or 11 in a row? 10 in a row they won. I saw them play yeah. Colorado last week, Clayton Kershaw's first start back, and they beat them on a walk, uh, a bases-loaded walk in the eighth inning. Come on. I mean, every Man. break goes their way, it seems like. But, yeah, they are on fire, to say the least. You know who I'd like to see? I'd like to see the Cincinnati Reds. Me too. Uh, you know, make the playoffs. Just even if it's that. Wait, I can't remember. Are they, is the wild card still a one-game series, or did you say they expanded that? A they, I think that's two out of three. I believe oh. it's two out of three. Yes, two out of, that's what the Mets right. did with San Diego last year. They lost two out of three. So right. yes, it's I, I'd love game. to. See, I think the Reds are an exciting team to watch. Me too. I'd love to see these guys. I love the, that story. All right, uh, here we go. It's uh, seven forty-seven here with the animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. If you're uh, looking for looking for a way to help folks on Maui and want to have a good time doing it, well, you can this Sunday. At Bishop Museum, Maui Ola, you've heard about this, it's all over television and radio, uh, benefit concert for Maui, uh, 100% of the proceeds will be donated. Not 100% of the net proceeds, every cent will be donated to Maui. Um, pure Heart 
Hawaiian-style band and Del Beasley, Jerry Santos, Anuhea, Raya Helm, Kolohe Kai, and uh, there's a they keep adding people. So just anyone who's really good in Hawaiian music is going to be there. <laughs> All the details and to get tickets, go to MauiOla.org. We'll be right back. I saw John Fink last night, Gary. John Fink at uh, Aloha, who runs Aloha United Way here. And uh, we're going to get him on. And uh, he wanted to, I, I asked him if he could come on because, you know, folks who are um, donating money and there's, there's actually there's scams going out there. You've heard all the scams about donating money to Maui and people taking advantage of, of poor people. And... Um, um, and I bet if you go to, I haven't looked, if you go to Aloha United Way's website, they'll have information on legit places to, you know, if you, what, where you can donate, where your money's going to go to. It just seems that right now, it, I, I, there's so many different articles, whether you're in, at the Honolulu Star Advertiser or you're the uh, New York Times or whatever, everyone's going, who do we blame? Who do we blame for this? Do we blame the, the, the county? Do we blame the manage, uh, emergency management system? Do we blame the electric company? There's somebody to blame. Who are we going to blame? I think I think the media is spending too much too much of their efforts into who to blame instead of who do we help? Who needs help? Here's the story. It's great to hear stories and heartwarming stories of, of a, a dog that got missing and now they found out and they did track down the dog and he's well. You know, and people who lo- who thought they lost loved ones, but they didn't. Yet, every, you know, I'm looking here and there on, on, on the Internet. And who's to blame? Someone's to blame. I'm not to blame. He's to blame. Stop. Stop. Please. I, I agree. And one of the videos I saw last night from a resident uh, who actually had a business on Front Street basically said that. It said the problem is people keep looking into what happened last week. We need to talk about what's happening in the future. That's right. what we need help. Right now we need to plan for tomorrow and the future instead of worrying about what took place last week and who's, who's at fault. And I, I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what the resident of Maui said about that. It makes total sense. You know, just just the way people are, I guess. You know, looking at the, and obviously this is a tragic situation. Not trying to downplay it at all, but I think people should be focused on helping these people. And it seems like there is a lot of help, but let's concentrate on that. There's some really good feel-good stories about what people are doing right now in Maui. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to. There's a, actually a, uh, one of the articles in the Star Advertiser has all the athletes who are helping out, right? Like, yeah. remember, we told you Colin Morikawa's donating $1,000 for every birdie. I'm thinking, come on, Colin, you can do better than that. I hope he probably feels like he's going to have a lot of birdies. But uh, Well, I hope so. <laughs> but at least he's gives you a dog in the fight when you're watching the uh, – I yeah. believe he's, he's still in the uh, FedEx playoffs. But, Cheer uh, for him even more. Yeah. Anyway, the um, – uh, oh, here's a text. It says, hats off to former UH football player. Henry Kaihui, for donating proceeds from his Waikiki Shell concert uh, to Maui as well. There's a lot of those guys. Paula, Fung- Paula Funga had a, um, what's that place called, that club where people play? Blue something. Blue Tropic? No, uh, Blue, no. Uh, oh, Blue Tropics is by Pearl Ridge. That's yeah. a bar. Anyway. Uh, Blue so Note. She do- Blue Note. Blue Note. So she donated uh, money from that. 
She's involved in all, like the Maui Ola and other concerts, I believe. Um, there's a big concert on Maui yeah, that yeah. they're doing for the, I think it's the Grand Wailea. There's a whole listing online of all these entertainers who are like, okay, you know what? I got this concert coming up. We're giving the money to Maui. And all of these athletes, um, Tuatanga Vailoa, his foundation, I believe, has donated something like $76,000. Did I read that correctly? I didn't see the number, but I saw that he was donating, yes. Yeah, so he's donating money. And uh, Colin, whose uh, dad's side of his family is from Maui, Colin Morikawa, that's his connection there. We know about Oprah. Uh, I'm not sure. Is Jeff Bezos doing something? Well, uh, Jeff Bezos is donating $100 million to this cause. Also, remember Don Nelson, the former Golden State Warriors? Yes, He yes. lives on Maui. He has three properties, and I forget how many rooms, something like 20-something rooms. He doesn't. He's not on Maui now, I guess. He's, donate, or he's, he's donating right. all those rooms to people in need who lost right. their houses. Right. He's a, he's a part-time resident of Maui, but he's that was in the article, that he's donating. He has room for 24 people. Uh, so he's letting them stay at his place. There's a lot of hotel rooms uh, that hot- hoteliers do I, is, is that a word? Hoteliers I think so. are are don are giving to uh, um, you know workers. Yes. a lot of volunteers. A lot of volunteers flying over. They got to have a place to stay too. So there is a lot of good news. Let's let's wait on the Blaine game. Let's do an investigation and all that that needs to be done right now. You've got a lot of people who are. Um, the cleanup effort is going to take a long time. There's a lot of um, a lot of the dead needs to be taken care of and respected as well. Definitely, uh, and, you know, to forget about who's to blame right now. We're not there. It's uh, just before eight o'clock here. This is ESPN Honolulu, ninety-two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. We'll uh, go into more of what's going on in training camps, the Jets training camp. How bad is the offensive line? What does Aaron Rodgers have to say? Oh, Jets, Jets, Jets. Coming up on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. Happy Aloha Thursday. Top headlines we're following today. Well, hey, UH sports season starts today. The Rainbow Wahide soccer uh, team is in full action. Love the sound of that. You've got Utah Valley tonight, 7 p.m. start. Our coverage at 6.45 p.m. on ESPN Honolulu. Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock against the Zags from Gonzaga. Soccer is back and so is UH. All right, there we go. Uh, Fans are welcome saturday to watch the rainbow Wahine volleyball team they got a green and white scrimmage one o'clock saturday at the stand i think it's great it's going to be afternoon obviously it'll be free admission you get a preview of the team before they start their regular season a week from tomorrow against northwestern so you need to enter down below the box office at the security entrance in that little parking lot if you take the stairs all the way down sometimes you'll see the visiting team buses in that area free admission 1 p.m it starts no concession stands will be open just be aware of that okay uh all right high school football Got a couple of games today and uh, more tomorrow. High school football week two. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the big game, obviously, is Saturday night, St. Louis and Kahuku. I, I almost, I mean, in a way, I love it, Chris, because they're playing now in August. What a great matchup to look forward to. But in a way, I'd like to see them maybe in early October when teams are in midseason form. Uh, I would not be surprised if maybe we do see this team maybe in the Open Division playoffs later on. We'll have to see. Last year, remember, St. Louis did not qualify. But that's going to be the highlight, the marquee game of the weekend for sure. All right, and uh, NFL training camps going strong. Where do we start here? Well, you mentioned the Jets, and I just want to mention one thing about them, and not just from watching Hard Knock, because I've been saying this all along. With every, not, a lot of people are predicting success for the Jets, and I've learned not to feel that way because of past history with my team. Uh, Super Bowl, definitely playoffs. Super Bowl more than anything I hear from people. It's a guarantee from some people I hear. But their offensive line is obviously the key for them and any team. And as you saw in Hard Knocks, if you didn't, I mean, I saw the uh, little clip before I saw the episode. Robin Sala <laughs> threw his offensive line under the bus with some choice language. But it's not just now. It's been like that for the last couple of years. Yeah, they've gotten a little better. But you see what, I mean, I always put down Zach Wilson. And you bring up, and, and totally uh, accurately when you say about the offensive line not really helping him or giving him enough time. That's true. Mekhi right. Becton was going to be the stud old lineman. What was he, ninth or tenth pick in the draft? Six seven, six eight. all the hype, yeah. all the success. He hasn't played in two years except but, for one game, and he's not even starting now. I believe he's played in two games in two years. But those are injury problems. You can't blame him for that. It can't make like he's Johnny Manziel. I got drafted number one, and I never watched film. My career flamed out. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, the guy's trying. Give him a break, Dickman. Uh, I, first of all, Johnny Menzel was not drafted number one. He was a first-round pick. He was pick. a first-round draft choice. Well, that's a little different than number one. I think he was like 19th or something like that. Or okay. 20, whatever. Anyway, okay. he was he he was the Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. You went out and bought Johnny Manziel T-shirts. That's right, baby. T-shirt jerseys. You were a big fan. That's right, baby. So stop it. Anyway, you um, can't blame that all on him. No, you can't blame it all. You can't on Johnny blame Manziel. it all. You blame it all on him. I haven't you, seen the you, Netflix show. I heard it's great. But going back to um, the Jets' offensive line, Mackay Becton. He again, right now, he's not in shape because the first Hall of Fame game that they played. Remember, they played uh, the week before everybody else two weeks ago right. today. He couldn't even finish the first quarter. He took himself right, out of be- the game. Because he's been injured. So how is he going to run on? He, he I, hasn't been injured for the last five rehab? months. Okay. How do you know he's not in shape? I, I feel bad he, for the he's guy. admitted it. He's admitted it. He couldn't play. And that's what Robert Sala said uh, or this last day or two. He'll get first team reps when he sh- when he can show that he can finish a game. That's the latest comment. But they I'm wondering if he was only going to do a couple of reps because of his injury problems. No, they, he took himself out of the game early because he Who was said? out of shape. But Kai Beckton said? said he took himself out of the game. He took him some, not the coaches. He did. And I, I was anyway. hoping this guy is going to be really good, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, he's, you know, I don't know. Maybe. I don't understand. See, one of the things that Aaron Rodgers came out and said uh, that I was reading today is that Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, maybe they'll be better. It's I'm not totally worried. I'm paraphrasing. What did he say? It's uh, uh, I'm not as concerned yet. It's a low concern or something like that. Anyway, because he's saying they're mixing matching guys. They're trying a different lineup. So that's part of the problem. Because one of the things, of course, in offensive line is, uh, it makes a good offensive line is, you know, you have all guys that are trying real hard. But you also 
have guys that need to work together. You have to have a chemistry on the offensive line. I, I don't understand, even though I played offensive line, I don't really understand how the chemistry thing comes in because the, the highest level I played was JV. But at the same time, I don't understand how that works, but you hear that from everybody. Mm. Everybody who knows football, you got to have chemistry on the offensive line. They haven't been able to establish that yet. But I'm telling you, you know what? Coming up in, um, when's the first game? September 11th or so, whatever? I think it's so that week. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, you still have, you know, three or four weeks to get ready. But yeah. you need these guys in practice to be, for the chemistry part, to be practicing together for, a, 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 yeah. I would say, a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. Not, okay, we figured it out. These are our starters. We play tomorrow. And we'll have Rich Samini, who is the ESPN NFL Nation reporter, covering the Jets in about 20 minutes. We'll ask him, obviously, about the O-line, of course. Uh, I just, again, with AVT, as Aaron Rodgers calls him, Elijah Vera Tucker, who also was a first-round pick out of USC a couple of years ago. He was hurt yesterday. He's been a little banged Oh, really? Career, but he's got he, he's been uh, viewed a little bit more favorably than Mekhi Becton, that's for sure. Well, if your, guards are, your guards and your center, I believe, are fine. It's your tackles. Where's Dwayne Brown? He's, he's injured. injured. He, hasn't practiced, he? he hasn't even practiced yet. He's on the pup list. Yeah, he's on the pup list. And that's so the problem. That, that's with kind him. of the problem is yeah, yeah. you you've got you've got you got a great defense. I, I'm going to sound like Robert Sala without the swearing, but you got a great defense. You got the uh, rookie of the year on offense and defense. The reigning rookies of the year on offense. You've got a killer running game. Yeah, I mean you got a deep running back room. You've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. You've got other receivers you just picked up. Alan Lazard, Bacole Bacar- Hardman. You've got some talent there at that spot with right. Gary Wilson. You've got, you've got um, uh, your defensive line, OMG. It, it, it reminds you of Gang Green back in the, I guess, <laughs> 80s. Yeah, yeah. My goodness, these guys are ferocious. C.J. Mosley's back. Healthy fun and, for a change, yeah. Right, and it's just the offensive line. But I tell you what, if you don't have that offensive line, you're not going to the Super Bowl. And yeah, I mean Philadelphia Eagles have had probably the best O line in football last year. Would it be safe to say, or one of the top two sure. or three? Sure. And look what they did for their running game. It wasn't. I mean, the passing game was good, but the running game, Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts were phenomenal. And that well, yeah, I think J- I think Jalen wasn't was Jalen Hurts the leading um, the leading rusher on that team. I'm not sure. I know uh, Justin, uh, Justin Fields was for Chicago. I'm not sure if he was for Philly because Miles Sanders had a pretty good year. He might have been, but he was up there. I mean, he had a lot of rushing yards. And that old, I mean, it's, with any team, you know, who, who wins the battle in the trenches, but the old line has got to be at least good. And I just don't see it from them. I'm not even judging the first two preseason games because the starters hardly played. But again, Aaron Rodgers talking about you got to get the best five guys. And they ha- and you mentioned this just a minute ago about with some of the injuries, they're mixing and matching a little bit. And they're just not doing a good job. Aaron Rodgers in the joint practice with Tampa yesterday would have gotten sacked, I believe, six times. And they tried three different centers in there. Connor McGovern, I believe, is going to be the starter. But nothing worked. Nothing worked for them. What does Billy? Who does? What does Billy Turner play? He, I think, is a he's a tackle. Uh, I think he's. A, I thought he was a right tackle. Let's double check on oh, that. He okay. came over from Green Bay. Who uh, you're talking about from last year? Well, yeah. It, de- it depends what you're looking at. What. There's a lot of uh, sites that have that rank, say, offensive line play in the NFL. And the Sporting News says the Cleveland Browns had the best offensive line last year, followed by the Philadelphia Eagles. Somewhere else called the Huddle says that Philadelphia has the best offensive line. But you know what? 
look at the uh, the Detroit Lions. They had a great offensive line play. One of the reasons the Kansas City Chiefs are Super right. Bowl champions. They're a top five offensive line. What about San um, Fran, wouldn't they be the up there? The Patriots have a great offensive line. I'm just I'm just like sporting news. Yeah. Uh, number six, the Colts. Number well, the Colts did not have a great. They had a lot of injuries last yeah. year. Maybe this is a preseason deal or something uh, that I'm looking at because they were mixing and matching a lot of guys yeah. uh, last year. Uh, Bengals, Chargers, and the Packers. No way the Packers had a great offensive line yet last year. No ways, brah. What number do they have, Green Bay? I don't know. I just X'd oh, okay. out of it. Yeah, I uh, number put 10. Them top 10. Number 10 I, oh, okay, Green they Bay, are but, top 10. But, see, that might be before the season started. I was just looking while you were talking. But they had two but, good running backs, had pretty good success last year. Kyle, um, who, Green Bay? J.B. Dobbins, and I'm trying to think. Of the, uh, uh, um, Jones. For yeah. Green Bay, Aaron, Aaron yeah. Jones? Aaron okay. Jones and Dobbins. I think they were. I don't know what their numbers were overall, but I thought they were okay. J.K. Dobbins didn't play for Green Bay, Not did Dobbins, he? Not Dobbins. Dylan. Uh, sorry. Sorry. A.J. Dillon. Sorry. There you go. All right. Well, according to USA Today, uh, they are ranking the offensive line. But, again, yeah, this comes out preseason. Okay, so where's they the Jets? say. What's that? This preseason for 2022, actually. Okay. Eagles 1, Kansas City 2, Detroit 3, Cleveland 4, Green Bay 5. Wow. Um, this is before the season started. Tampa Bay number 6. It sure didn't end up that way. Well, they had injuries, too. Was it worse? I know. That's yeah. why. Yeah. That's why. But uh, we're going to come up in a second here and uh, check your traffic on ESPN Honolulu. Okay. Let me look at... Um, uh, best offensive lines 2023. Here's what the sporting news has to say heading into this season. Number one, Philadelphia Eagles. Jordan Mailata. I like to call him Man Mountain Mike. Number two, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, look wow. at the Browns, man. Joe Thomas Jedrick, is gone. Je, Jedrick Wills is there. Jedrick Wills, first round draft choice. Joel Bitonio. Uh, I don't know much about the center, Ethan Pochick. Wyatt Teller, but the Jack Conklin, the, the Wills and Conklin as your tackles. Detroit Lions third. Um, they do have the Dallas Cowboys fourth. Wow. Atlanta Falcons are up there. Chiefs are up there. Baltimore Ravens, of course, with Ronnie Stanley up there. But anyway, I forgot how we got off on that. What, uh, what about the Jets? I don't know. I xed out already. Didn't have the didn't have the Jets. The Jets register. are not good. Right, they're not going to be in the top ten. Just no, I, I was going to see about. how low they were. I thought they'd be like 29th or 30th. Mm. All right, uh, yeah, let's go to the text line before we check our traffic, 808-296-1420. Thank you guys for uh, texting in. Uh, this is about the fire. It says, we need to critique the fire response so things that went wrong can be fixed. That's the only way to do it. Oh, I get it. I get it. You have to review what's what went on. I'm talking about the media i think you do critique what is going on what happened and you do all of that of course you do but i'm saying with the media you know what stop doing the blame game thing and let's focus on more uplifting things and you know i know you've got you've got a lot of people covering it and everybody is looking hey you know what it's all about the eyeballs right now let's get somebody to click on this story uh, I get it, but I'm saying take a break. You do have to you do have to investigate because you don't want this to happen again. And it and it raises a good question to say, why why, why, why how come nobody fire uh, nobody uh, 
fired off the alarms. Sirens. The yeah. emergency uh, alarms. Well, the guy who knows more than you or I about it said, no, we're not doing this. People are going to run into the fire. It's a tsunami well, warning. Believe me, I already thought of that, folks. Stop grilling me. God, I'm yelling. Stop he said that's why the sirens were down by the water, and there's not really any sirens up up, to, up by behind the Luna or any of that area at all because it's a tsunami warning as well. Howard Dushevsky last night on KTON News, he had a pretty good feel-good story. He was getting emotional when they pushed back to him live. There was somebody who had a business, I believe, oh, in Lahaina, I'm not sure if it was Front Street, lost it all. Lost it all. Only thing he owns is what he's wearing, he said. And he said the people are coming together. We're helping each other. And they just had a story where Howard was interviewing him. And the guy was saying, I mean, we, what else can we do but help each other? And the way he elaborated and talked about things, and when they switched back to Howard live, again, you could tell he was getting kind of emotional about that. I thought that was you a know, really I good, think that, feel good story. I, I think that all of the news crew, uh, guys like uh, Sam Spangler, who's been to Maui the early days of this, and Steve Oehara and and uh, the guys from KHON2, they've got all of the, I'm talking about all the news crews. These guys are seeing everything. I mean, these, uh, I would think that these guys, hopefully they have some kind of counseling to go through. That I saw these that guys they do. Are, these, okay, good, because, I mean, even, you know, whether you have medical from HMAA or Kaiser or uh, I don't know about HMSA because our company doesn't have that one, uh, I believe, or maybe we do, I'm not sure. But anyway, they all have placed someone you can talk to. If this is because it's overwhelming, you think if people are just looking at this on social media and watching the six o'clock news, that's it, it becomes become overwhelming. But think if you work in the news, yeah. you're around it your entire day, all day long. From the second you get up to the second you go to bed, you're dealing with this horror and being having front seats. You're seeing a lot of stuff in Maui that we don't even get to. We don't thankfully get to see. That's got to that's got to affect these folks. And Hawaii News Now has a reporter there, Chelsea Davis, and she sure, lives on Maui. She's good. And yeah. so she's been there day and night. And I got to know her. I was going to ask her maybe you know give her ask her a few questions about it, but I can tell she's doing live reports at five thirty in the morning. She's doing them at six. You see her on at ten. I mean, she lives there, so she's even more. I mean, she was there from the start. And everything, and some of her reports are, are kind of gut wrenching, but there are some feel good stories out of it. And that, again, you want to focus on helping people. What can we do to help? And uh, hearing some of the, again, the emotion there. I mean, it does help. But I, I agree with what you said a couple of times earlier about the negativity. Let's just look ahead, and uh, that part will play itself out. Yeah. The uh, this one uh, texter says, I always it brings up a good quest, uh, good statement. He says. I always thought when the sirens go off, you listen to the radio to see what the emergency is, as it could be a lot of different things. Makes a good point, but I wonder how much time people had. I was watching somebody this morning before we came on the air uh, who was on Maui and said, you know what, they saw the, um, they saw the fire and they thought, oh, okay, this, is, this has happened before. They said when we smelled the smoke, we went, "Uh oh, this is different," and they, they, fifteen minutes later, they were gone. Yeah, exactly. So Same I'm report. not sure. Yeah, but you bring up a good point. Uh, the texter does from the two two three. So thank you. 
And Cato and two last night had a report where they showed the exact timeline of everything that went on, and it happened so quickly. I mean, the fire was early in the morning. They thought they put it out. But from like three or so in the afternoon till five, within a matter of a couple of minutes with each instance of evacuating and trying to get people out of there, and the fire just surging down the street toward the ocean or down the streets across the highway. I mean, right. it did happen a lot quicker than anybody else. See, somebody from the Red Cross said they have never seen any situation ever in their career like this. My question is, and because, you know what, I, I guess I should be, we are in the media, and I should be really on top of some of the stuff, but I'm just trying to honestly protect myself from watching too much of this. Um, but I did see a story with Kai Lenny, and, and you, yeah. they referenced to it this morning in the Honolulu Star Advertiser, uh, about Kai Lenny who was like, uh, he's like, hey, I got a jet ski, and I got, I'm going to, a lot of he criticized the government saying look here's the people in need right here on ground zero nothing's getting to them so he took it on himself to boat over a bunch of stuff there's video footage of you know people uh, making a little assembly line if you will uh both bottled water and passing stuff up to people in need yeah. where are we now with getting all of this stuff over there from what I saw last night, a lot of stuff has gotten, I forget how many pounds of ice and why ice has been donated and water and Wi-Fi and things to charge your equipment and electricity and, of course, coolers. I don't, I don't know how much more they need, but they're getting a lot. I mean, I even saw last night South Korea donated $2 million to the cause. $2 oh, million. Dollars. Nice. Right. Um, so a lot where's of people, Larry Ellison? <laughs> you know, so I heard some, somebody actually asked me that last night when you hear about Jeff Bezos doing what he did. I mean, a, a billionaire. Uh, not that he, anybody's obligated, but Floyd Mayweather, right. what he did flying all those people over and giving them hotels and airfare for the people that were displaced on Maui. I think 100, uh, over 100 families he helped. So what did you say? Jeff Bezos gave $100 million? <sighs> From Amazon, $100 million. Yes. Dang. And, you know, people criticizing him on social media. I know you like right, the idiot saying he's worth billions. That's not that much. A hundred oh, million dollars. Look, look Tua Vailoa gave $76,000. I, I think that's what the figure was. Uh, you're going to say, well, that's not enough? How dare you? I know. How dare you? You know what? A hundred million dollars. Can we get like three million to UH? <laughs> yeah, I know. Can we, yeah. get a little, can, we, can we skim a little bit of that? <laughs> and, and look, I'm, it's joking. Of course, it's you know, it's a stupid thing to say, but at the same time, if Jeff Bezos became a supporter of University of Hawaii sports, uh, oh yeah, because for years up. everyone's all, what about Larry Ellison? Well, obviously he doesn't care. Yeah, Amazon NIL sounds care. good. Yes. You know what? If UH can make statements putting down, wait, who owns Twitter? Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Put down Elon Musk, you know, and, uh, you know, criticize Elon Musk. And then Jeff Bezos is like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll give you some money. <laughs> yeah. That'd be in a perfect world. In a perfect yeah. world. Yeah. All right, folks, you can text in or call 808-296-1420. And uh, we've got to take a break. Oh, okay. It's Oh, gosh. Yeah, we're late. Let's get a uh, traffic update here. Weather today uh, here on Oahu, mostly sunny, higher in the upper 80s, low in the upper 70s. Uh, trades are uh, dying down a little bit, 10 to 15, maybe 17 miles per hour. Now, Tropical Storm Greg is still 540 miles south-southeast of Hilo. It's moving real slow. It is forecasted to pass south uh, of the Big Island um, sometime today, probably a little bit. It seems to be moving real slow, but we'll keep an update for you there. Hurricane Fernanda is uh, now Tropical Storm Fernanda. That's about 1,500 miles east of Hilo. 
that's going to weaken as it's uh, hitting cold water. So it's gone from a hurricane to a tropical storm. We're just keeping you up to date. That's all. Uh, nothing to worry about right now. There's another. There's all kinds of storms that are forming. None of them right now are forecasted to come near uh, the state of Hawaii. But we'll keep you updated here. Let's check the traffic now and be back with more on ESPN Honolulu. Rich Samini from uh, ESPN, who covers the New York Jets, is going to join us in a few minutes here. This is ESPN Honolulu. And uh, if, um, you know, we're talking, I want to focus on some of the positive things that are coming out of Maui. And uh, one of them I see here on LinkedIn, uh, our good friends at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Well, their foundation has donated $250,000 to the American Red Cross to support those uh, folks wow. over on Maui. Quarter of a million dollars from Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Thank you guys uh, very much. If there's somebody who you think we should recognize, uh, give us a, um, you know, give us a, a call or text at 808-296-1420. A lot of these folks don't need to be recognized, but I think we should go above and beyond on recognizing who the people are uh, in our community that are actually reaching out to help. Maybe the company's not giving uh, money. Maybe they don't have a bunch, but maybe they're doing something else that supports uh, our friends and neighbors and loved ones on Maui. So if you know, text it in, and we'll get that out to folks. So thank you again uh, to the folks at Enterprise. Uh, let's see. we were we got a lot of talk on the New York Jets. One thing as we go around training camps is that um, Deshaun Watson, now, I don't, this was written a couple of days ago. This is from a couple of days ago. But it seems Deshaun Watson, who we all vote, uh, we all kind of root for, right? Not. Uh, no, no, we don't. Anyway, Deshaun Watson has been struggling at training camp, they say. Yes. Especially this week. Uh, they are going up against the Eagles tomorrow. Uh, today, excuse me, in the lone uh -huh. preseason game. He got intercepted, I believe, three, uh, four times at least in two days by the rookie defensive back, and I got his first name, Blankenship, and I'm trying to find it on Twitter from earlier. I was going to say, Reed, I was, it's Reed. I Reed was going to say Rod. Okay. Thanks, uh, he's accepted, I believe, four times in the joint practices so far. Uh -huh. so you're right about Deshaun Watson is struggling, and I, I give a uh -huh as well. I don't really uh, wish him <laughs> one much the, success. One of the famous quotes from the uh, Simpsons television show. Uh -huh. <laughs> but he has what struggled. Else? Yeah, you know, one thing is there's so many, there seem to be a lot of fights. And maybe it's because, and they say because you've been facing the same guys over and over again and you just want to go out and hit somebody and all of that. But it seems like there's an, maybe we're paying more attention to it, but there seems to be a, an escalated amount of fights, whether it's in uh, the NFL or it's, uh, it's the NFL or at Colorado in college football. We don't really see any fights at UH, do we? I think there was maybe one where there was one were, I read about they were early on. Kind of big body at each other. It's like what, yeah. what, what? But a lot of these in the training camps and the joint practices is where they mostly happen. I think are a little bit more of a skirmish than an actual fight. But every now and then, it wasn't there a team last year where somebody got severely injured, and I think really? which team it was. Well, not, maybe not severely, but injured enough where they missed some time. 
And that you don't want that, especially if it's teammates on the same team. You don't want it in a joint practice. And I believe it, it might have been Robert Sala or somebody else said the other day that it's the second day of these joint practices where a lot of the skirmishes happen. So the Jets in Tampa had some yesterday in day one of their joint practices. And I think it was, again, Robert Sala said they ain't going to be in day two. And that's why they are not having a joint practice today. It was kind of weird there. Happened with Carolina last year, in the, uh, last week in the Jets. They had some the first day. Well, it rained the second day, so that's why they canceled practice there. But I think coaches are obviously, and rightfully so, a little leery about this. You know, uh, you don't want this. To, you don't want anybody to get hurt. You know, I think you want guys to have that nasty in them when they're getting upset, but you don't want anybody to get hurt. I think what I also hear and read a lot is that coaches get really upset because that's a 15-yard penalty in a real game. Right. And and some there was an exhibition game last week where uh, one of the guys got taken out. Um, but the, maybe it was a high school game where the uh, guy got grabbed by the face mask here by a coach because he had two unsportsmanlike penalties in a row. Right, because his mouth got him in trouble. That was selfish. I, you know, it, I I think it's okay to grab players by the face mask to get their attention. He didn't hurt him. He's saying, "Listen to me. Stop looking away. Look me in the eye and listen closely. You just might have cost us the game. Now go sit down." I think that's okay. Maybe I'm old school. Um, but anyway, uh, um, i tell you what. We're going to talk with Rich Samini uh, from ESPN. He covers the uh, New York Jets. That's coming up next. We'll check your traffic first and be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Oh, I want to say congratulations to the Ahi 2015 under nine girls. They won the Hawaii International Cup Championship. Leahi, so you know it's either swimming or soccer. This is soccer, <laughs> right? Leahi Swim School. Is every kid in Hawaii, uh, see, back in my day, if you wanted to learn to swim, either your parents threw you in the ocean or you went to YMCA or YWCA. And I remember my grandmother teaching me to swim at YWCA, right there on Richard Street. And then nowadays, it's like everyone goes to Leahi Swim School. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> well, they do, they do a great service. Anyway, uh, but, yeah, congratulations to the, uh, the nine. And nine. we have a picture on our social media uh, at ESPN Honolulu. So cute, you girls. So cute. Uh, Rich Samini was scheduled to join us. He's going to join us in a few minutes. I would be remiss, Chris, and I think you would as well, if we didn't mention about the Babe Ruth Hawaiian Islanders team in the 13 oh, and yes. Under World Series. They got a nice win yesterday, beating previously undefeated Glen Allen, Virginia, the home team, 11 to 2. Uh, it was the last game of pool play. I so, thought they lost. No, they won last night. They won 11 to 2. Oh, they lost the day before. Yeah, they the day won, before. Then lost, then won. But but even with the loss, yes, uh, the day before, as I mentioned yesterday, they still had a two and one record, so they were tied at the right. top. Right, they were in pool play. So, so they, they won yesterday. Yeah, they won big eleven to two. So they there was a three way tie. Three of the five teams finished at three and one. They finished in second based on the run differential. That was a tiebreaker. The runs led up, actually, it is. So they will play a quarterfinal game now in the championship bracket at 1 p.m. against some school or some town called Co County, Idaho. And so they advance okay. with that win, and they win via a tiebreaker to advance to the quarterfinals of this World Series. All right. All right. A shout-out to Eli Iopa 
He went two for four, uh, had a couple of RBI. Peyton Shimokawa, uh, Kanoa Naumu, a couple of RBIs, uh, RBI each for those guys. Levi Perry hit a double. He got a couple of RBIs. Gavin Puapong, RBI. Zade Ramo uh, hit a double. He went for two from three from behind the plate. Uh, Cole Andrus was the winning pitcher for the Islanders. Good job, boys. Keep it up. Yeah. We're all proud of you, and we're all behind you. You can text in at 808-296-1420. And we didn't get a chance to, to, to do much. I want to do more on training camps. We mentioned Deshaun Watson struggling in Cleveland, everything that's going on with the Jets. Uh, Brock Purdy is cleared to practice. I don't know that Brock Purdy's. Are they going to play him in a preseason game? I don't. There's no way they would do that. I don't think. They, they're hoping yeah. to have him back for week one of the regular season, of course. So why would I you think take he's going to come back? That's what every, all, yeah. all signs say. He's coming back week one. But now this is the game, and this is just what I heard. I remember you were asking about it, and I, I answered you like I know everything in the world about football. But at the same, this is what I've heard: is that because you only have two preseason games left, oh, so two this left. upcoming week. Two left. So this upcoming game is the one where you're going to see more of the starters play. Yeah. And then, but again, if you're C.J. Stroud, you got to play both games. I mean, come on. Especially with the performance he had uh, uh, last week. But um, it might be different. Somebody, Some players might play the third game. Some starters might start the, 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 the third game and not the second game. I think for the most part, though, on the commentary I've been paying attention to is the, you know, if you want to see starters, watch the first quarter coming up of this this week's games. Yeah, and I think with some teams, when you're trying to find who is number two, like the San Francisco 49ers, Sam Darnold's going to get the start this week. Uh, so last week it was Trey Lance. And according to Kyle Shanahan, he's handling this so well, very professional about all this. But I guess they're still yeah. determining who's going to be number two. And as well as he's handling it, Trey Lance, he might not be on the right. team in about three weeks. Right, yeah, or do you keep him? I mean, if Sam Darnold earns number two, you're going to – I mean, if Purdy's so healthy. so far he has. So far he has. Not seeing ghosts. You, you, uh, I don't know if you saw the game, but look at the numbers. Sam Darnold, by all reports, is not Sam Darnold of old. But it wasn't against the starters. Now, he wasn't playing with his own starters. He was the second guy yeah, last week. But a lot of people aren't playing against starters. True, that's true. Right? Yes, yes. I mean, so there's a lot of starters that aren't going to play one play in the preseason. But, so I don't know if you can judge him or say, well, he's still good because of whatever he shows. But in the regular season, he would go See, up against okay, starters. With, with, with that thinking, then, Trey Lance should have been better, shouldn't he? Because yeah. he played oh, yeah. against a bunch of guys that aren't going to make the team, and he he couldn't do anything. Now, there were yeah. some signs of Trey Lance in college. He, he did have a few good plays. But other times... I mean, he basically they they counted. They 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 timed him on a stopwatch. On one of the sacks, he held the ball for six seconds. That's not that's not going to be good football against anybody. I just think it was a reach at the time. Even though he was great in college, they didn't play the last year. He played one game uh, due to COVID. I mean, just I mean, again, he played for an FCS school. No, nothing wrong about that because was it North Dakota, North Dakota State? They were that good. Uh, but he, I don't right. think the, the 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 sample size okay. was big enough. Who who from an F, an FCS school has been a successful quarterback in the Car- NFL? I can't Carson think Wentz. Of a, not Carson. Not Carson Wentz. He's been he was good for about three quarters of a year. He's had a couple of good years, but that's it. Carson Wentz has proved to be well. Part of it is, I mean, I'm not. A, I don't want to say he's as bad as Jeff George, 
not the best teammate. It doesn't. It seems that people celebrate. People in the locker room celebrate when Carson Wentz leaves a team. There were a couple. But of who reports. else is there? Well, I mean, there was a. Um, oh, Tanner texted us. Tanner, you can jump in. He says Joe Flacco. Yeah. But Joe Flacco played Division One. He played a pick. And then he went to wherever he went. Delaware. Right? Delaware, yes. Delaware. Oh, yeah, Blue Hens, hello. But, I mean, at least he was a, you know, there was one of the um, New York Jets quarterbacks. Was it Ken O'Brien? Todd? Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien maybe Cal- that went to, like, was it Cal Poly? I think it was Cal Poly, I believe, like yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, it's 842. Let's see if we can get uh, Rich Samini from Jets Training Camp coming up next year. Don't forget, uh, we've got a couple of events going on. Maui Ola this Sunday at Bishop Museum. You can get your tickets at mauiola.org. Also, the Japanese Cultural Center of Hawaii is uh, putting on kind of a, a, a catering fundraiser along with Bamboo Catering uh, for $125 a ticket. Uh, they have an event happening on September 3rd. Uh, it's People can uh, buy a ticket for $125. It's an evening of drinks and fundraising and great poo-poo at the Generation Ballroom there. Uh, Bamboo Catering, MW Restaurant, Chef Hui, and more. Your tickets can be got at jcchawaii.org. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. A lot of conversation on the show of the New York Jets featured on Hard Knocks, and I'm glad that they are on Hard Knock. Get to see a lot of insight there. Speaking of insight, we're going to get more What's now on ESPN knock? Honolulu as we are joined by ESPN NFL Nation reporter who covers the New York Jets. Back with us, Rich Samini. Rich, great to have you on. I know just in the last hour or two, I guess Dalvin Cook met the media. What is your take on him signing with the New York Jets the other day? Yeah, obviously another high-profile move by the Jets. Uh, they're just—I thought it was more of a luxury than a necessity. I think they have a pretty good running back room right now, and especially now that Brees Hall is uh, back practicing. But uh, I think Aaron Rodgers had some influence in this signing. I think he wanted another running back, and so they went out and got another running back. What is the latest with Brees Hall? He comes off the pup list a day or two ago. You think he'll be ready for Week One? Yes, I do. Uh, he actually got some reps today for the first time. He was in the uh, team drills, and I think I counted. Uh, he was probably in there for six or seven plays. He caught the ball, ran a couple of times. Of course, this is non-contact, so he has not been tackled yet, but uh, it was a good step for him. What has impressed you the most so far about Aaron Rodgers? I would say, uh, believe it or not, the off-the-field stuff. Uh, you know, we know he can throw the football, but I think the off the field, just his intangibles in terms of leadership, the way the other players gravitate toward him, uh, his knowledge of the offense and willingness to teach it. He has taken ownership of this offense. He, it's essentially his offense. I mean, he's not the offensive coordinator in name, but essentially he's running it. And I think that really appealed to him. One of the reasons why he wanted to come to Jets. I don't think he had that total control in Green Bay. Here he has total control, and he's basically teaching it to the other players. And so I think leadership is the is the one area where I've been impressed. 
Rich Samini, ESPN NFL Nation reporter with covering the New York Jets, joining us on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And we see that leadership on Hard Knock. Just watched it, the second week's episode, and you can see it with the quarterback, some of the old linemen. But the offensive line, as we know from Hard Knock, Robert Sala kind of uh, called them out on the latest episode. How are they going to write that part of the offense, as key as it is, as we know, for the Jets' success this year? Yeah, the offensive line's been up and down so far, and they've had some injuries they've been dealing with and some guys rotating in different spots. So they really haven't been set, or they're not set yet. And they had a rough day in practice yesterday. They were much better today. But, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, preaching patience and saying all the right things. Don't worry, we still have time. But I think there's going to come a point really soon, maybe about a week or so, that if things are not settled, I think Rodgers may step in and say, hey, look, uh, to the coaches and say, hey, look, let's, let's just get our best five out there so I can start working with these guys. Is Makai Becton part of that? I mean, when he got drafted, all the hype, and we spent a lot of the show, or earlier on the show today, talking about his situation. I know he's not exactly in shape right now. Where do you see him fitting in this year? Uh, I think he's in shape. It's just that he's coming. He basically hasn't played football in two years because of two knee surgeries. So he's gradually working himself into the picture. I don't think he's going to be an opening day starter for them, hmm. but. Uh, I think he'll be a backup. Uh, today he was working at right tackle for the first time, which I thought was really interesting. He was working with the, the second team. Uh, I don't think the coaches have a plan right now to start Makai, but, you know, if he's been playing better, and I think maybe he can change their minds in the next week or so. Yeah, it'd be nice if he does get that starting spot at some point there. And I know, obviously, he hasn't played that much in the last two years. Speaking of starters, they play Tampa Bay on Sunday. We were talking about this a couple of minutes ago. Is this the week when most of the starters will play for the Jets? Will we see Aaron Rodgers this week or at all in the preseason? Uh, You're definitely not going to see him this week. Um, (laughs) Zach Wilson will start again. But I do think you're going to see the other starters. Uh, You know, some of their best defensive players haven't been playing in the preseason, like Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner, but I think you you might see them a little bit on Saturday night. But uh, Rodgers, <laughs> excuse me, Rodgers has, we asked Salah that today, are you going to play Aaron at all in the preseason? And he says he's, he hasn't made that decision yet. Rodgers is on record as saying he wouldn't mind playing in the preseason, but I think it depends on how this offense comes together over the next uh, several days. Do you think that could hurt? I mean, I don't want to compare it so much with Russell Wilson. He didn't play at all with Denver last year. New coaching staff, new team, and it worked out horribly. I don't think it was all because he didn't play, but part of the blame did go there. Aaron Rodgers, I know it's different, but if he doesn't play at all in the preseason, could that hurt them come September? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think all coaches face that decision on whether to play their star quarterbacks. You know, Russell Wilson, he just stunk last year. I don't think it was because of the <laughs> preseason or not. He could have played every preseason game. I don't think it would have changed the narrative for that team last year. But, yeah, I mean, I think teams realize that if you hold out your star players, you're probably going to sacrifice a little bit of quality early in the year, but they feel like that's a worthwhile risk, you know, for the sake of player safety and, and keeping your best guys healthy. So, yeah, I mean, Rodgers might be rusty for, for a week in the, pre, in the regular season, uh, but that's the chance you take, and I think coaches are willing to live with that.
Well, last question for you, Rich, and we appreciate your time. One of the exciting plays I think a lot of Jets fans are looking forward to, and they did show him on Hard Knocks, of course, is rookie linebacker Will McDonald. Uh, is he penciled in as a starter, and your thoughts on what you've seen from him? Uh, no, he's not going to be a starter. Uh, he's done some nice things in camp. Uh, he had a good game against Carolina last week with a sack. He's not going to be an every-down player for the Jets. He's just He's just not built that way. He's only 240 pounds. He's going to be a situational pass rusher. You'll see him on third down. Uh, right now, he'd be a liability if he played on first and second down, I mean, against the run. I just don't think he's big enough right now. So the coaches are going to use him uh, strategically, and I think you'll see him on third downs. Okay, well, hopefully we'll see him. I think he's going to be impressive as well. Excitement builds as we get ready for the regular season. Rich, always great to talk New York Jets football with you. Thanks for your time today. All right, my pleasure. Have a good one. All right, thank you. Rich Samini, ESPN, mm. NFL Nation reporter, joining us mm. on ESPN Honolulu. Very interesting. So Makai Becton wasn't out of shape. That was the amount of, those were the amount of plays that they planned to play him in. No, 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 that, that, been, uh, no, 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 again, Rich and said, Tanner was right, according to Mackay and the other Jet Beat reporters, he was scheduled to play more <laughs> in that game, but again, Rich said he's not really out of shape, it's just the injuries, the rush, <laughs> I just, whatever, I give it, I'm just teasing, but okay, yeah, that was good, man, that guy, what's the guy's name, what's their, uh, was it the first round draft choice, Will Bradford, Will, Will McDonald, Will McDonald, Will McDonald, Adam, Iowa State, uh, man, that guy was, that guy is going to be really good. He reminds me of somebody like, wait, Max Crosby is a defensive end, right? Yeah, yes. Okay. He reminds me of, like, he's like Jack Lambert was a different position. He's a middle linebacker. But, I mean, you would never think, looking at Jack Lambert, that he was a football player. He was just so skinny. Mm. But, like, Will Bradford's super skinny, but he's super Will fast. McDonald. And he had, Will McDonald, <laughs> making up players' names. But, I mean, the way his technique, I mean, that guy is, and he's just a baby. He reminds me of an Alabama player for some reason. I don't know. They seem like they have great athletic linebackers. I guess a lot of schools do. But I know he was really good in college, and they have high hopes for him. But I was a little surprised, and Rich knows best, I guess, is that he's not going to go up against a run. He'll be a third-down guy against a pass for the most part, at least early on. Oh, makes sense. Makes yeah, sense. yeah, it does, I guess. Or yeah. if it's like, you know, first in law, you know, First and 20 because you yeah. have a holding, you know, some kind of offside or holding or whatever it is. But, uh, okay, so he's just a pass rush. Spe- and that makes sense, you know, that he's a guy that's going to come down in passing situations. Not You wouldn't say a third down guy because that means you're, you're playing eight plays a game or something. You're yeah. A, you're okay. you're a, a pass rush specialist. Right. Yeah. So. But, I mean, yeah, with Quinn and Williams and all those guys, that defensive line. Sauce I, Gardner, I, obviously. Yeah, and, uh, as a corner, yeah, and, and I mean nobody's gonna even throw to Sauce Gardner's side of the field. Yeah. He's gonna be bored out there. <laughs> That's okay. We'll take and that. think about we'll take think about guys, and I think that this was mentioned by one of the players. Think about somebody like um, uh, Garrett Wilson. He gets to go up against Sauce, and you saw it on Hard Knocks. He goes up against Sauce Williams every day in practice. You think that makes makes him better? You sure. think that might be one of the reasons he was the offensive rookie of the year? Great point. Both and, he, and the same for Sauce Gardner because he was defensive play, rookie of the year going up against Garrett Wilson. You know what? I wanted to get and we ran out of time because we got to go already. But I wanted to get Rich Rich's thoughts on uh, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I was going to ask that too, but yeah, we didn't have enough time this time. But but I'm gonna but I'm gonna find out more tomorrow. I'm gonna find out more about Ill Manning too. Uh, Tanner was telling us off the air stuff that confirmed what I saw on television is that 
the Niners really like Ill Manning. Like, That's really. great to hear. All right, we got to go. Uh, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy at noon. Off the bench at 3 o'clock and Rainbow Wahine Soccer tonight at 645 on ESPN Honolulu.